this has been an exciting study through the characteristics of Daniel. It's really been more of a study through who Daniel is rather than the entire book of Daniel because if we were to move forward towards the latter half, we'd be delving more into the end times study of Daniel. In fact, you cannot understand end times if you do not understand Daniel. Now, I'm going to make a confession. My English is going to get a C today because if you'll look at the acronym, I'm just going to say it straight up. It's T-H-R-I-V-E, and running down the side, I put T-H-I-R-V-E, the Fiverr, Fiverr. <laughs> it's, yes, yes, uh, thank you, Francis. Well, tonight, our study has been thriving in Babylon, and I wanted to bring it really hardcore down to this. We are thriving in a dying world. We live in a dying world. Without Jesus, there is no hope. And I don't care what side of the spectrum you stand on when it comes to politics. I think if one thing rang clear in this election is that there is no hope in politics. There is no hope. There is not a man or woman on the face of this earth that can change the face of our country. Only Jesus can. Only the Lord can change the culture that we live in. And so that's why I titled it Thriving in a Dying World. Because the reality is we're not just in Babylon anymore. We are in a world that is filled with dismal, dismal future. But God. Because we can see that Daniel was able to thrive in his world that was a world of decay, a world of dying. And God is able in the midst of the most dire situations to bring life. So I went through, as, as I'm not always here every week, I try to listen online. I love having it online because you can follow. And I even listen sometimes twice when I, just to kind of hear it again. And we have amazing teachers. I mean, we are blessed. We are blessed. And I want to thank Amelie right here because she's our teaching coach. And she sits with these girls, and she mentors, and she teaches, and I love it. They, we are so very, very blessed. So thank you, Amelie, very much. We are blessed. Yeah. I love this woman very much from the bottom of my heart. She is a gift from God. So I'm going to give you just kind of an, a synopsis, an overview of some things that I picked up as we were going through thriving in Babylon. And the first thing is this. You have to be all in. You have to be all in. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have to be all in. If you'll open your Bibles to Daniel chapter 1 verse 5, we can see that Daniel was not a person that did things halfway. Would you say that? <laughs> Daniel came from a well-bred background. He was a, a prince. He was a, a, a person that was raised with a lot of education and background in the Jewish community. And um, it is said that, that he, when he came into this, he was taken from everything that was familiar to him. And he had many choices to make. And we see right away that his faithfulness to God is challenged. Um, we see that his, you know, identity was challenged. It was changed. He was 
uh, made into be a eunuch. He was emasculated. He was challenged for three years. He was required to eat the king's food. Um, and he right away made a stand. And if you look over here in Daniel 1, verse 5, would someone like to read us for uh, verse 5? Amelie, could you read that real loud? Okay, so we see that they were assigned and they were told this is what they were to do. Now I want you to look down in verse number 8 because we see that right away Daniel had already began working a system of finding favor in those that were over him. And in verse number 8 it says, But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine they drank that he drank. Therefore, he asked the king of the eunuchs to allow him not to devile himself. In one of the versions, it says, but Daniel was determined. To turn to your neighbor and say, Daniel was determined. If you want to thrive in this world, you have to be all in. You have to be determined to serve God with everything in you. You can't have one foot in the kingdom and one foot out of the kingdom. You're either a fan of Jesus or you're a follower. There's no in-between. You know, when you go into countries where there's great persecution, you can draw the line between the Christians and the non-Christians because they lay their life on the line every day. But in our society where it's kind of, you know, it w at one time it was actually everybody was a Christian. If you, went, if you lived in America, you were a Christian. It's like living in Italy, you were Italian, you know, or you lived in Jerusalem, you were Jewish. Um, and now in this day and age, it's hard sometimes to tell the difference between those that are followers and those are fans. But if you want to thrive in this world, you have to be all in and determined. Daniel was determined. Now I'm going to give you some acronyms for the word thrive. And the first one is talk to God often. To thrive, we have to talk to God often. Daniel 6.10, let's read this together. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Daniel didn't just all of a sudden come into this kingdom and decide to be a Christian. There were decisions made in his life along the way that brought him to this point of being able to talk to God often. He had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If this is something that you want to go deeper in, I encourage you during our break to read John 15, Psalms 37. Go deeper into the things of God. Abide in him. Talk to him often. I'd like to invite Trudy to come up tonight. Trudy's going to kind of, is going to give us some testimony of really what God's been doing in her life as she's really in the midst of thriving in a lot of difficulty. And if she cries, it's okay. You guys just pray for her. But Judy, jo Trudy, come on up. Trudy, you've been going through a difficult situation with one of your sons and the holidays were especially s difficult because you had to make some hard decisions and I know that one of the things that you've told me has brought you through is prayer 
why don't you share just a little bit about what God's doing through this study and, and how you know, you've got to bring this home to application. Absolutely. Um, real fast, going through the trial that I was enjoying um, and, and reading in the book of Daniel w- was so, so pivotal for me in how God was orchestrating what I was going through. Yet, I always, I always struggled with saying, God, how come I don't hear from you? I want out of these airplanes. And yet I had the word in front of me, and I was faced with the hardship of making decisions for my youngest son. And yet God had it all right in front of me. He was speaking to me, and it wasn't because he was doing anything different, but it was because I finally learned how to listen. (laughs) I talk a lot. I don't like talking up in front of people. You can put me in a room full of strangers, and I'm okay with that. But when the Lord slows me down to realize that he was there all along and I felt alone I, I, I was looking at Daniel and I was thinking to myself I want to be like that how do I be that way and the reality is I was that way I just wasn't still enough to know that God was, was doing a work in, in, in the midst of the heaviness that I felt and that heaviness didn't get lifted but in the midst of that heaviness I had sanity that I didn't think I did. I wasn't afraid and I wasn't fearful of babysitting it. It was relying on the Lord, um, reminding myself that I don't have any control as much as I think I do. (laughs) And yet I would go into a quiet place more regularly. It just became what I needed. It became why I could get out of bed or why I could go to work or why I could pretend in front of the non-believing people that what I was going through wasn't as heavy as it really was. So just being in his presence, um, how do I say it wasn't enough? I I had to, I I was seeking him with a heart that just didn't want to leave his presence because leaving his presence meant all the anxiety, all the fear, all of let me try to control it again. And yet I recognized that through the midst of a, a heavy, heavy, <laughs> heavy trial. And and yet he's always so faithful. So seeking him the way Daniel modeled it really, really just shed some light on it for me. <laughs> and you have our continued prayers. So, so Trudy says, I learn to talk to God often, but I need to listen to, don't I? And that's what she brought away from that. That this was Daniel's practice, that he did this as he had always done. And I love what it says here, giving thanks to God. He, he prayed three times a day, and he gave thanks to God. We'll talk about that a little bit longer. The second see thing I see in Daniel is that uh, Daniel was very humble, and I put for H, hang your hat on humility. If we want to thrive in this world, we need to hang our hat on humility. And I have not seen a whole lot of humility the last few months on Facebook, to be honest with you. <laughs> is, you know, we can speak the truth in love without being mean. I think people sometimes get mean because they don't really believe what they're saying is truth. And they're trying to defend a cause that they really aren't sure they believe God's word. And I think that we don't have to defend God. We can hang our hat on humility and we can come out smelling like a rose. I love this scripture in Proverbs 18. And before honor is humility. 
before honor is humility. Daniel lived that out. When you think of Daniel, the word humility comes to mind. Despite having all these gifts, despite coming from royalty, despite being talented, it said he looked good. He was obviously intelligent. They picked the cream of the crop for the king's court. But he walked with God in humility. Let's turn over to Daniel chapter 2, verses 25 through 28. Daniel 2, 25 through 28. And I'm reading the ESV, so you can follow along. Then um, Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus to him, I have found among the exiles from Judah a man who will make known to the king the interpretation. So what had happened is, here, Daniel, they had this, of course, the dream. You remember the story, the dream the king had. Nobody could interpret it, so they're going to kill all of them. They're going to kill the magicians, the, you know, the, the foretellers, the fortune tellers, the magicians, and Daniel and his friends. They were going to all be killed. And I love what happens here. It says, so the king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king and said, No wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar. And he goes on, and he's going to tell him the king the dream. Daniel could have been boastful and said, yes, I can interpret this dream, king. He didn't. He said, there is only one wise. He hung his hat on humility. And I love that about Daniel. He says, but there is a God in heaven. I asked Shirley to come up and share about humility because that's one of the things she said the Lord really dealt with her, especially in an area that she had to obey in that was humbling for her. So come on up, Shirley, and share with us. And the rest of these points are going to go really fast, so don't worry. Um, I've been attending church here for close to 20 years now. And um, prior to that, I was raised in a Missouri Synod Lutheran church, and so I was sprinkled as a baby and was confirmed when I was 13 or 14. And... Um, I felt that that was sufficient for me. But um, actually with this study of Daniel also, and attending the Bible study, um, the Lord is really speaking to me about water baptism. And um, I don't know how you'll take this, but kind of, you know, can you imagine yourself going in front of the church and getting dipped in a bucket of water and you come out looking like a rat? <laughs> and, and I was like, and I honestly... That was part of my problem, but the other part was, and I was dealing with that I wanted to be obedient to the Lord. And um, so I really prayed about it and um, made the decision to do it. And um, I'm really grateful that I did. Um, the Bible study has really helped me, and it gave me the courage. I don't think I would have had the courage to do it had I not been attending the Bible study and with the support of all all of you ladies, everybody is so supportive and holding each other up in prayer, um, praying together. It's really taught me to get closer to the Lord in prayer and um, accepting 
like having the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know. It's just um, he's really, I'm really learning to hear him. And I'm just thankful for all of you guys. So, Shirley, you've shared how just studying the scripture, just coming humbly before the Lord and letting him open the word to you has been really an eye-opening, especially when we started moving into the Old Testament. Yeah, it was um, where it was like the thing with, with Daniel. It was thriving in Babylon. <laughs> and as I was looking at Daniel, went, and trying to survive in your Belinda. <laughs> that's, that's like me and what's going on in our family. Um, it's really been amazing, uh, the support that I've gotten, just by more prayer, getting into the Word, just the things that the Lord's saying. And... Um, it was interesting tonight. I have two sons that were, they both kind of, well, probably some of you know they were doing parking for many years with their dad, and they've kind of, they're kind of on the wrong path right now. Those two boys prayed over me tonight before I came to Bible study. I said, you know, I'd be kind of nervous about talking. And Ron went, let me pray for you, Mom. So it's, um, God's really moving. Yes. Caitlin, uh, when we I decided to get baptized, I asked Caitlin, I said, uh, I've made the decision. I feel like the Lord's really speaking to me and telling me that I need to get water baptized. How do you feel about that? Would you like to do that with me? And she kind of looked at me strangely and I went, but you, I don't want you doing it if you don't do it because I want you to do it. You need to do it for yourself. And the next day she said, um, something I think I'd like to do with you. So. I love hearing those testimonies that that honor is be, before honor is humility. And when Shirley came in humility, not only did she receive a blessing, but her granddaughter, it broke a gate open. Isn't that wonderful? Okay, let's move to the R. <laughs> Resist the urge to panic. Resist the urge to panic. I want you to read the message, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, out loud with me. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. Wow. That, that says it all. Resist the urge to panic. In, in the New Testament, it refers to Sarah. It says that she wasn't a woman that was taken over to panic or to, you know, getting all shook up. We need to be women that don't panic. I love, my mom is hilarious. A great woman of God. And I have these uh, crisis situations that happened in our lives. And this is how I can kind of categorize them. The first one, we had one of those gas ovens, you know, you used to light it. And we were in the front room. We were pretty little, like uh, five, maybe five and six, around that age. And we heard a boom. And my mom comes to the door. 
and all her eyebrows are gone. <laughs> and all her hair is gone right here. She says, don't anybody worry. Everybody stay calm. I've had a little accident. I'm going to go fix, put some ointment. <laughs> and all of us did. And then she just went and she could bandage herself. I mean, they didn't have urgent care like they have now. And then fast forward, we were teenagers, and my mom was chopping wood. Now, I, I still don't know why. She, it wasn't like we really, we did have a heater. I don't know. <laughs> chopping wood. Maybe it was therapy. I don't know. But she comes in, and her hand's all wrapped in a T-shirt, and blood's just everywhere. And we're, we're sitting there in the den. My both these times, my brothers were with me. She says, don't worry. Don't anybody panic. I've cut my hand. I'm going across the street to the neighbor's house, and he will take me to the hospital. Everything's okay. Everybody stay calm. And she would walk out. Though it, my mom just resisted the urge to panic. How often in our homes we create an environment of chaos because we're panicked. You know, I was with Nicole today in our little grant. She homeschools. You know, she has the seven to five and the two-year-old. They're running all over. And her husband is a police officer, so sometimes they don't see him for three days because he'll come the nights he works. So it's kind of crazy. And so the the middle child kind of was frustrating her, and then all of a sudden she said, everybody stop. She said, I need to talk to you. And just in this really calm voice, she straightened them all out. I was scared. I was like, I cleaned up after myself real good. <laughs> she resisted the urge to panic. She took charge in faith and said, I'm the mom. I can handle this. And the Lord wants us women not to panic. And we see that about Daniel. He did not panic. Look over in verse number 14 of chapter 2. Here he's thinking, man, they're going to cut off my head if I don't come up and come up with these decrees and be able to answer all these questions. And it says here in verse number 14, Then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion. He dis he replied with prudence and discretion. We don't have to panic. We can thrive. The I. Invite the Holy Spirit to guide you daily. Let's say that together. Invite the Holy Spirit to guide you daily. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Listen, if Jesus said, I have to go away so the Holy Spirit can come a better comforter, I, I think that I want to make real good friends with the Holy Spirit. Because if Jesus knew that he had to go away in order for us to have that gifting in our lives, then we need to make a connection there because there is a place that we can thrive is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will thrive through us as we invite him, invite him to guide us. Invite. The Holy Spirit's not going to show up at your door and plow through the door. He's waiting for you to say, I need you. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. I need you to guide me. I don't want to panic. I want to move in discernment. I want to hear your voice. I want to be one of those women that thrive 
in the midst of my circumstances. Then the B, verbalize your gratefulness to and about God often. Jazzy, come on up. Psalms 145.21 says, I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. Daniel in verse si chapter 6, verse 10, it says, he was giving thanks to God. Three times a day he prayed, giving thanks to God. Sometimes I think we make prayer such a big thing. Oh, I have to spend an hour in prayer. Maybe it's better if you spend three 15-minute segments, right? Just acknowledge his presence in your life. And we have a testimony. We've been praying. Come on up here. I know I'm short. It's okay. <laughs> I know I'm okay about myself. But this girl I love, and she had an answer prayer I want her to share, because you've all been praying for her, and God answers prayer. So this is another testimony. Oh, so forgive me if I cry. Um, you have all been praying for me for a couple months now uh, to find a place, to, a room to rent. And it's been a very... <laughs> it, was, it was a very hard... It opened up a lot of pathways, and I wasn't really trusting the Lord. But through it all, He came through us, gave to us, and um, and on the very last day, now it wasn't like I was going to be on the street, okay, but um, you know, just to move forward in life, and uh, it was a little scary because you know financially it's just not working right now. But um, on the last day, He came through. Um, great, great room in a Christian home with a great family. It's like I met them today. It's like I'm already part of the family. I'm speechless. Prayer works, ladies. That is something to give thanks to the Lord about. And to see your growth, it blesses me so much. And this leads us to the last one, engage. Engage with other believers on a regular basis. We saw right away that Daniel had relationship with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. In fact, in chapter 2, we see that Daniel, after he had been told that they were all going to be killed, he went to his house and he made the matter known. Now their names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and it, his companions, it says. And he told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven. That was Daniel 2, 17 through 18. So Daniel learned this principle. He knew he could only thrive if he engaged with other believers. You cannot isolate yourself. There is somebody waiting for you to engage with them. You need that somebody in your life. I love Hebrews 10, 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. We need each other. We moved to East L.S. Uh, two and a half years ago, and it's been a real a big adjustment for me because I moved from being five minutes from the church, from a cult, private cul-de-sac, and everybody, were neighbors, were friends. We'd talk, every, you know, hardly day. You know, they still want to go to lunch with me all the time, and we're friends, you know. And my street that I live on now, they don't even like to wave. In fact, 
I don't have anybody living on either side of me now. There's nobody on either side. And the other day I was driving down the street and I waved at this guy and he went, that's honestly it. They do not, and I don't know what it is. I know what it is about me, but I won't say. <laughs> but um, it's, a, it's just really been different for me. And I have my neighbor, but she works. And we try to get together. But it is different out there, isn't it? It's really, it's really been a challenge for me. And um, sometimes, you know, I've just had to just really be alone with the Lord and say, okay, here I am. You are my friend right now. So you, <laughs> you put me here. And he comes through. But you know what? It's reminded me how valuable my friendships are and how valuable it is. And you know what? We need to reach out to new people too. You know, every week, I'll tell you, I'm going to be real straight up honest with you guys. I'm going to tell you the saddest thing for me as a pastor's wife. I'm just going to be straight up. It's going to be painful. On Sundays, when people come late to church every week and there's new people waiting to be loved and people walk right past them. I watched. There's a guy that came to the prophetic seminar and I have watched. He's been coming ever since and I have not one time seen somebody stop and talk to him. Not one time. He sits on the far right side. He comes early. Most of the church doesn't. I'll go talk to him. The worship team will go talk to him. He sits through service. He gets up and he walks out all by himself, right past people. Shame on us. So we need to engage with other believers, but we got to show up to do it. Now, I raised five kids. I know it's not easy to get to church on time, but I know that you can. There's people I see here that serve in ministries. They come here. I get here at 7, 7.15 on Sundays, and there's some of these people I see out here already here, getting ready for children's ministry, working in sound, Ariel back there faithfully with media. People, could you please make it a commitment to engage with other believers on Sundays at your church and show up and don't go sit in a seat. Listen, Sunday I was getting ready to go on stage and I walked over and talked to somebody and they fell apart. I had to take them in the back room. That happens sometimes. But what if I hadn't seen that person? They would have walked in the building Sunday and they would have left and nobody would have known they had a broken heart. But what if I hadn't been there? Right? There's somebody waiting for you. Got to engage, ladies. We need to engage as believers with others, and you have to show up for that to happen. Yeah, it's great. You show up here. I love it. We've got food. Maybe we need to have food on Sunday morning. What well, we do? We have donuts. Do you under? I'm not bringing condemnation. I'm just straight up speaking a fact that we need each other, but sometimes the weakest people are the last for us to see because we're all having a good time and they're slipping right under the wire. Okay? So we want to thrive. We need to talk to God 
often we need to hang our hat on humility. We need to resist the urge to panic. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to guide us daily, to verbalize our gratefulness to God and about God often, and to engage with other believers on a regular basis. Lord, help us. We want to thrive. Lord, we see the world all around us, and it's such a contrast, Father, and it's getting to be even greater contrast as light is separated from darkness, and that's a good thing, but it's painful and it's uncomfortable, and we've been uncomfortable in Western civilization for a long time, and Lord, you're wanting us to get out of the box and to love others, so help us to take up this challenge, Lord. Daniel was willing to lay it all down, to give it his all, Lord. He was all in. And Lord, whether it's at home walking in peace and faith, or whether it's like surely needing to take a step of faith and to be publicly baptized, Lord, or, or like Jazzy that just had to stand in faith till an answer came, or is it just simply getting out of our comfort box and engaging with believers when we come to church and in our neighborhoods and in the places that aren't always comfortable, Lord? Help us, Father. Help us to thrive in this world. You said in your word in John 16, 33, these things I have spoken unto you, that in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. This is our hope, Lord. We are a thriving women's ministry, Father, and we want to thrive more, and we want to bring others along, Lord. We are tired of doing it too narrowly, Lord. We want to expand the borders of our tent, all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I want to encourage you to pray for each other that you will all thrive in your com community, in your world, that the Lord will use you to be a light.